the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in, Rob Black in your money talking money, investing, and more. I know it's the sexiest topic you've heard ever. I know you want to talk money. I know you do. There's a little dweeb that I work with in television. That He happens to be someone who controls content. And it stinks because he's young and in his 20s, which is typically what happens in radio and television, is they hire young people because they pay less. But he doesn't know what he doesn't know can hurt people. Um, you see demographics in radio and television come through? And you start going, I'm going to program towards that. I'm going to program towards that. And he and I will sometimes butt heads, and maybe it'll eventually mean me leaving television, but uh, he wants to dumb it down. And I don't. And I refuse to. But the reason I'm bringing this up is is that the content that you get sometimes isn't the best content out there because someone doesn't know how to approve such content that would be better for you. America faces a, a massive problem, and some of these issues I can talk about, some of them can't. Mass shootings, I, I don't know enough. I know that it's tragic, and I know that it could cut lives short. I know that it can maim people who will no longer be able to work. I know that it can you know, lead to high divorce levels um, if a child dies uh, and the two parents live. I know that you know life insurance is needed because random stuff happens. I, I don't know about the right to own guns. I, I don't know enough about it. Uh, my brain can't hold all that information. I can talk cars with you, colleges, insurance, homes, real estate, savings, spending, credit, debt, investing, taxes, retirement. I want to get you to age 100 with a little bit of cash left over. I want you to enjoy your retirement. I strongly believe that uh, whether you believe in the spiritual afterworld or not, I strongly believe in the physical world of the here and now. You should probably enjoy as much as this earth and this planet has to offer and you should probably see some of the sites that you've always wanted to see. And you should probably have a great late relationship with your grandchildren. Grandparents are the most awesome, magical people on the planet to grandchildren. Um, because they give them candy and they give them money. 
which is what kids want, right? I want you to be that grandparent who is a reprieve from the child's, you know, day-to-day stresses of being raised in a competitive world. So, anyway, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I don't want you to go broke in retirement, and sadly, a lot of people will. Um, 41% of retirees claim a lot of fear about going broke in retirement, outliving their savings. Um, my dad worked in the United States military, and thus he had a great pension that survived him and went to my mother. Otherwise, my mom would be in poverty. And, you know, that's just, that's again, that's a fact, Jack. And you got to know that going in. You need to work as long as you can in retirement to off-put what is called pulling money out. Keep having money coming in before you have money going out until you're really, really comfortable that you have enough to live till the day you die. So one of the things I think is if you haven't saved enough, that means you have to continue to work, but you also have to continue to expose your assets to risk. And stock market has risks. Day-to-day, there's political risk, there's headline risk, there's currency risk, there's inflation risks. There's a lot of types of risks out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The filet fish is product. I once ate a filet fish and I thought it was the most disgusting thing on the planet. I'm one of those people that my taste buds have just it, they've revolted against uh, all things McDonald's. But 45 years ago, a guy named Lou Grone, he had a rags-to-fishes story. He was working uh, as a teenager. He was homeless. He invented the filet of fish Back then, 45 years ago, there was a lot of Catholics in the United States. And the particular area that he was working in was 87% Catholic, and Catholics didn't eat meat on Fridays. Not just Good Friday, but most Fridays. So he invented the fish sandwich. I uh, came up with a special batter, made the tartar sauce, took it to the headquarters at McDonald's, um, and he made millions and millions and millions. So the point being is, McDonald's, you know, do you know that filet of fish is product? If you take a look at the history of the stock market, McDonald's has done very, very, very well based on their product and based on some of the other things. You know, the management, Roy Kroc, he had a, a business model of franchising, right? So you kind of get management, you kind of get product, you kind of get the whole concept there. I want you to look at Facebook and say, what's the product? I want you to look at Intel and say, what's the product? Um, Honeywell, what do they do? Any company that you own has product, right? Um, and it's pretty darn important. So whether we're talking about Apple and encryption and is Tim Cook the next Steve Jobs, yes or no? No. Steve Jobs was considered, you know, uh, and I don't know if this is fair to say, you know, he could paint like a cathedral. You know, that's the kind of like, let's give him the Sistine Chapel because he's that kind of good. You know, I, I, I debate it. Um, I had a couple run-ins with uh, Steve. Um, he was a jerk of a human being, a nasty jerk of a human being. And just because you're brilliant doesn't mean you could be a, a nasty human being. Um, he was famous for uh, screaming at people. And I think sometimes when you do that, your legacy should be tarnished. But no, no, (laughs) not according to some. Anyhow, and anyway, um, let's talk money, let's talk investing, let's talk real estate. One of the headlines that I saw out there, and again, I always want you thinking, and when it comes to money, I want you thinking. 
The headline reads, Oakland is the new urban hotspot as San Francisco homes get too pricey. Let's bring in Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning, the Rob. The article starts with, Have you noticed Oakland has become an urban hotspot for housing, arts, food, and, of course, tech? Now, this was bound to happen with a spillover effect of San Francisco, really, really cool 15 years ago. Oakland was kind of a, you know, a snotty, gross place to go. Um, but as it got more expensive in San Francisco, it got a little bit nicer in Oakland. As it got a little bit more expensive in San Francisco, it got a little bit more nicer in Oakland. I refer that to that as, um, you know, looking at your, your bills and saying, you know, hey, we could afford twice as much over there as we could here. Um, we can get more house. We can get more, you know, food. We, you, you know, uh, less traffic. So it's a spillover effect. And sometimes it's the wife who nags the husband and goes, I want a bigger house for the babies. Um, yeah. Condos were a big boom in Oakland. Uh, and I think that was really what started the whole uh, downtown atmosphere that you're seeing here with the, the nightlife. You have the Fox Theater, the Paramount, uh, Jack London Square started coming back. And all those conversions, those warehouse conversions really started picking that up. And People started seeing the value there. Uh, they're much closer to BART to get in the city. Ferries are there, and, and you know, the bridge is right, you know, minutes away. So we're seeing a big resurgence in, in parts of the Oakland, uh, the western side of Oakland, that we never thought would happen. At least I didn't think would happen. And, and we're continually seeing this. And it's spreading out throughout all parts of Oakland, which is what I think this article is talking about. Um where we have that spillover in many, many parts off of MacArthur Boulevard and off a of high street. There's some homes off a of high street going up to um, 580 that are just fantastic um, and uh, really pushing up home prices. What's interesting to note about this is I think this works in basically anywhere. It could be Dallas and Fort Worth. It could be Washington, Vancouver, and Portland, Oregon. Portland's the nicer of the two. Quite honestly, it's the nicer of the two, but Vancouver, Washington, right across the bridge, has the cheaper real estate. Um, and sometimes it works out by betting on the cheaper one, like Oakland. If you'd bet on Oakland in the last five years, you've probably done very, very well. well. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black. You find me at robblackshow.com. You can find Tony at bayarealonesource.com. Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm not sure if you can tell, but doing radio for me is very cathartic. It's like going to a therapist. It helps me. Um, I highly recommend people, if you have access to do a radio show, to do it. And if not, go see a therapist. It helps. Um, I've been in therapy a good 20 years of my life, on and off, and I think uh, it's, it's something that's quite nice for me. More time to enjoy the life and the people you love. Is that what retirement is to you? More time off, downtime? I don't see. I don't even know what retirement would look like for me. Um, I'll probably end up doing a radio show at the, at the corner of the block kind of thing. Maybe go to a barber shop and start talking to people. I don't know. I don't know what retirement's going to look like. I don't like the idea. 
But a 65-year-old man can expect to live to age 84 now, on average, while a woman of the same age will make it closer to 87. You need to plan for a long life, and you need to have a lot of savings. And I think in hindsight, do I wish I owned another rental property or two from the 80s and early 90s? Hell yes, I do. Do I wish I would have stuck it out with, um, you know, always buying Apple when it was in the 10s and the 20s and the 30s, and then it goes to 750? Yeah, there's always, hindsight is always going to be 2020. And what you need to start working on is taking action now. Um, I learned in high school, you know, pretty girl, I didn't want to talk to her because she was going to shoot me down and she was going to laugh at me and it was going to be humiliating. And then I learned to start asking anyone for what you want, whether it be, you know, in the bedroom, whether it be your friends, just just be honest with people and, and tell them what you need and, and get out there and, and take chances, take chances. Uh, one of my things that I live by, and I think everyone should have 20 things that they live by. Sometimes you take a pie in the face and sometimes you're knee deep in pie. I love pie, so I don't mind failing on a regular basis. But yeah, you know, interest rates are low right now, and I want to own another rental property. Not because I want to own another rental property, but because I could take advantage of low interest rates and ultimately get a much less risky asset because of the lower interest rates. So if I live to 84, I'm not going to enjoy that. So I think I want to go somewhere around 75. So I'm good with that. Still enough quality of life at 75. 84, you're no. So you can't control yourself? No. So my mom, after she hit 75, she started falling. So, and that's one of the things that you can count on is that you're going to be a lot like your mom and dad. So if your mom and dad had poor health, you're probably going to have poor health. Um, now, again, if your dad was obese by 200 pounds and you're, you know, a good weight, you'll be fine. Best thing you could do if you expect to live a long life, get healthy. Holy mackerel, get healthy. Floss your teeth two or three times a day. Brush your teeth two or three times a day. It's advice that you will not regret 10, 20, 30 years from now. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Rob? Uh, you know, one area that I think uh, people sometimes forget, and I was reminded of this year, this, this year, is that houses can be money pits. So before I make another purchase on another home or another purchase on a big investment, um, I always have to remind myself, do I have enough in the emergency savings? Do I have enough in case something goes wrong? It's it's interesting that you mention that. One of the big stories that's out um, from 2015, you know, we're starting to see all of the numbers, is the amount of equity lines that are being taken out on properties. And uh, our debt is increasing significantly year over year over year um, since 2009 in the billions and billions of dollars. And that's not just home equity debt. It's uh, consumer debt as well. So we're growing that debt pool again, like it was back in 2005 to 2007. So a lot of people are feeling that same thing, Rob, where they, they, you know, even though a lot of people are looking inward towards their house and saying, you know, I'm not going to be a repeat buyer. I'm going to s- stick with this house that I have and take out some money and improve my, my uh, living situation. There's a lot more debt tied to that. Um, yes, it's, it's, Filtering into the community as jobs uh, for every house that you see out there. Uh, supposedly, there's three jobs created. So that's quite a few jobs that are related to um, to real estate. So there is a, you know, that filter effect of owning a house and spending money on your house. 
but it's a lot of debt to cover, Rob. And, and you know, I'm, one of the things you mentioned earlier is about, you know, what do you want to do when you're in retirement? And if you're 64, you know, do you want another rental property so that by the time you are in the, in your late 70s or 80s that you have this free and clear property paying something like your long-term uh, care and uh, or you, because your Social Security doesn't work or you didn't have a pension and you don't have enough savings. Do you want that rental property? A lot of people in their 40s right now are thinking that way and saying, I need to have that free and clear property by the time I'm in my 60s so I can pay for these things. Um, but, you know, the people are still, in general, are not saving enough money. And, and it, you know, I'm starting to see a lot more seniors. And when I mean seniors, anything over 50, and I hate even saying that um, because AARP, you start thinking that, are, are refinancing and cashing or cashing out. So I'm starting to see those transactions come up more often, Rob. Yes. You know, it's a thought of I need lower payments or more money going into retirement. One of the things you brought up uh, during the commercial break was someone's called you. You have a radio show on the station. And when is it? Thursday night, 6 to 7. Okay. I've, I've obviously never heard it. <laughs> Just between me and you. Well, you get up at 5. I'm sure you're asleep by 6, right? Pretty much so. <laughs> um, but you said someone called and they want to own property in Texas. Texas. Yeah. And I hate the idea of Texas. Do you remember 1982, Officer and Gentleman? Yes. When uh, Richard Gere gets to boot camp and Lewis Gossett Jr. goes, the only thing that comes from Texas is steers and queers. Could you imagine that line being in a movie today? You couldn't imagine it. It's just like it's not It's not even possible. Um, but then again, I started thinking about other movies from that time because I was 82 and in 83 there was a movie called My Tutor, which had a, like a young 15-year-old boy being seduced by his French tutor. And it was just gratuitous breasts was, you know, the whole idea. Those movies can't be made anymore. So just mm. what happened? I don't think what you're... happened to the great age of the 1980s movies. <laughs> There's some good movies, 83, 85, 87. Yeah. 82, Officer and Gentleman, yeah. the end scene when he comes into the factory and rescues her and takes Jeff, her Deborah away. Deborah Winger, I think. Was Deborah, yeah. Yeah. Boy, did she hit a wall. So you got the better end of that one. Oh, good God. He's a good looking man. Even to this day. Um, no, it, 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 you know, buying real estate out of state is uh, we're st- starting to hear that a lot. In, in fact, uh, except for the, the last few cash out transactions we did, people are, are taking money out of their primary residences, buying, using that for down payment for property out of state, which. So let me, let's stay, stay with Dallas for a second oh, or let's stay with Texas. OK, there is one state where I, I would not want to buy right now. Can you imagine what it is? I'm going to guess Texas. Texas. There's one state where I don't even want to own the banks that have exposure to Texas because they've lent money tied towards oil. And restaurants are feeding the people who come from the oil wells. Go look up what happened with Car dealers. Go look at what happened with Houston's home prices when oil started dropping. It's going to be pretty rough. And you're getting calls from people who want to own in Texas only because it's cheap. So there's two things that come from Texas. Cheap real estate and stupid real estate ideas. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. 
That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me now from Newsweek, Song Lee. Song, are you there? Yes, hi. Ah, good gotcha. To be here. It's good to have you. Uh, hitting some buttons funny today. But anyway, um, tell us a little bit about yourself as a reporter. I'm um, always like the first time someone's on from Newsweek or in International Business Times to kind of give us a little background on who you are. Yes. So Newsweek uh, recently expanded its, uh, uh, its branch to San Francisco, and I am here to cover Silicon Valley and the entire technology uh, sector. Um, it's been a very busy week with Apple and FBI really getting into a, a legal battle that you know, it's um, it's unprecedented in some ways, and we could very well see this going to the Supreme Court or in the major uh, congressional action. So let's slow down and, and back up for a second. Um, you just recently penned a piece called Who in Silicon Valley is Backing Apple in its Fight with the FBI? I think the story is about 10 days old at this point in time. We now know the FBI has a phone of a terrorist from San Bernardino. It's an Apple phone. They haven't been able to crack into it, which is pretty fascinating, and that tells me good for Apple. They've got some good encryption, right? Um but at the same time, it, 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 it starts to open up a lot of questions. What's the gist of, of, of the relationship here? Sure. So FBI has been asking Apple if they could uh, create a custom iOS that will disable some of the security features, which, one of which was if you try to uh, open up uh, your iPhone using the passcode and if you fail 10 times, uh, then the iPhone will delete its own data. And that is a big problem for the FBI because they are trying to uh, use one of its supercomputers to use thousands of uh, permutations to crack open the iPhone, and it won't be any good if the data is deleted. So um, the FBI has been asking Apple to do so, but Apple is saying that if that custom iOS is created, then it has the possibility of getting leaked and compromising every iPhone uh, in the world, basically basically, um, that has the same encryption technology. So it is a very big concern for Apple. Uh, They think that it will not only hurt their brand, but also just the the encryption technology that Apple has been participating over the past few years. Um, Everything that they have been building will be off or not. So um, high-stakes game for both uh, titans of American institutions. Let's get, like, real simple here, because my understanding of the law is not great. And my understanding of encryption is not all that awesome. You know, I got passcode, it's pretty easy. The FBI would crack mine pretty quickly. Um, but doesn't the concept of getting a warrant for search, doesn't that kind of trump rock, scissors, paper, Apple's defense of we, we don't want to do this for you? Um, right. so, go ahead. So Apple has been saying that they don't have the technology to do uh, crack open the iPhone at this moment. Um, they say that it will take 10 engineers a month to create a custom iOS to uh, help the FBI. And even that, they believe, is against the First Amendment, which uh, the courts over the past two decades have uh, made precedents that says computer code is a form of free speech that is protected by the First Amendment. And what Apple has been arguing, especially in its legal motion to vacate the court order from yesterday, says that uh, if... Apple's engineers are are forced to write these codes against their will. Then they are commit they are they are infringing the the FBI is infringing upon their first right amendment. So uh, the FBI uh, the Apple is really uh, pushing constitutional rights 
against the FBI uh, to stop this uh, court order from happening. I think the average person out there that probably sides with the FBI. If they have a warrant, they've done their job, they've shown enough evidence that they think they should be able to come in the house of Apple and, and search around. Um, but the, the people who are a little bit more edgy, they probably are saying more like, we don't want this to open the door to a surveillance state. Do you think this could open the door to a surveillance state? What, what are you hearing from the people you're talking with? So um, I've spoken to a prosecutor at the Sacramento County um, District Attorney who basically said the same thing that you, uh, you, you're saying with the pro-FBI stance, saying that, well, if the FBI has a warrant, if any law enforcement agency has a warrant, and uh, any company or individual is uh, resisting, that is called a standoff. And that is a, that, you know, that was warned to uh, being arrested and, you know, uh, ha- harsher punishments under the, the law. But, um, and he was kind of lamenting the fact that Apple was able to get away with it. What I think about the surveillance state, I think that's a, bit too early to say. Um, it, it is possible that the FBI already has technology and it's just kind of uh, you know, making this a PR battle. Um, that is a hypothesis that a lot of tech um, media, exp- uh, media uh, reporters and a lot of the security analysts are also saying that the FBI, or at least the, the National Security Agency, who has been doing a lot of security uh, surveillance tactics, um, as evidenced by the Snowden revelations, um, have been doing. So we don't know really what the consequences will be, but we just know that this will set a huge legal precedence uh, in the coming years, no matter how it's decided, whether in the courts or in Congress. Anything else on this story that you think is relevant? Um, well, actually, let's get back to your story. Who is siding with Apple? So a lot of has, a lot has changed since the article has come out, actually. Um, okay. Yesterday, Apple filled its legal motion to vacate the order, and it seems like almost all of Silicon Valley has rallied around Apple. So in a congressional hearing, um, Microsoft President Brad Smith has told the Congress that they plan to file an amicus brief in support of Apple uh, in the the next week. And um, according to Recode, uh, Google, Yahoo, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all plan to file similar amicus briefs as well. So it seems like uh, while Bill Gates and uh, might have been pretty uh, on the fence about who he should side, um, I think the rest of Silicon Valley has become very uh, united under Apple's uh, mission to uh, support uh, stronger encryption. Where do you think this story goes if you were to put a guess on it? So it's a two-pronged Yes. Um, one is that Congress will get involved and they will get involved very quickly and very, very aggressively. Um, they are going to have its first congressional hearing on March 1st, which is next week. And it's, and I think that there might be a huge piece of legislation that comes down on encryption. A lot of people have been asking for legislation on encryption for some time on both sides. Um, the other one is the judicial route, which uh, will just go up and up and up through the, the, the appeals court and then perhaps even the Supreme Court. Um, I, Tim Cook says he's, he's ready to go all the way uh, in an interview with ABC. So it is very possible that, you know, Apple's probably bunkering down for a Supreme Court uh, 
standoff. Sounds like they're going to make a movie out of this one down the road. Uh, thanks very much, Sung. No problem. Have a good one. You too. Have a good weekend. Um, Sung Lee with Newsweek. The article is, Who in Silicon Valley is backing Apple in its fight with the FBI? I think this is an interesting story. And it's, it's again, it's a sign of the times, right? Uh, digital encryption. And you remember a couple of years ago where Jennifer Lawrence had her phone hacked? Apple's come out with stronger encryption since then. Two-step verification certainly helps. Um, but on top of it, encryption is only going to get tougher and tougher. And there's no way around that. Uh, biometrics are coming probably in the next two years, three years, whether it's be scanning your eyeball. You know, we're already doing fingerprints. So, uh, Although I did see a, a fascinating test where someone took silly putty, got your fingerprint on the silly putty, and then used the silly putty to unlock the phone. Um, but, yeah, biometrics coming, and that's not going to go away. So it's going to be an interesting battle. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Oil extends its rally. The second estimate for fourth quarter GDP pointed to an expansion of 1%. Better than expected personal income and personal spending. Support case for more rate hikes. Sector leadership today from financials into healthcare. Uh, the financials are trading... If you're a patient investor, there's a lot of value in financials. If you're a patient investor, there's a lot of value in oil stocks. Um, if you're a wise investor and you're seeing like, hey, did Rob just say that personal incomes are rising? I bet people are going to shop more. There's there's logic to be made there. It's simple logic, but it's logic nonetheless. And I congratulate you for trying to um, extrapolate what you can. But the financials are probably... One of the areas that I've been saying for two years should be moving higher, and they're simply not. It's not until the Fed starts raising rates, not until we actually start seeing some inflation. Um, so they're trading at book value or below book value, which is incredible. These could be springs that shoot up. Uh, I wouldn't speculate. I wouldn't put you know the the lunch money, so to speak, into the stocks, but I'd start looking at some financials for sure. And you've even seen, you know, uh, a couple of big financials CEOs step up and buy millions of dollars of their own shares out of their own pockets. So they're seeing some value. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Hilton's going to spin off hotel operations as a REIT. Um, Hilton, you think Paris Hilton? <laughs> Maybe. I don't. But I think Hilton, I think, you know, here's a guy who had a lot of money and he built hotels worldwide. Uh, they confirm plans to spin off most of its hotels into a real estate investment trust, which is a popular move amongst companies trying to slim down. REITs can include about 70 properties, mostly upscale assets in the United States. Shareholder-friendly maneuver. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Take a break. We'll be right back. What do I have to say to you for God's sake? You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Who saw this band? At Berkeley. Arcade Maybe Fire? Arcade Fire. This is the female singer who doesn't get to sing much. For some reason I was going to see, say, um, Naked and Famous. No. Sound kind of had that same sound. Yeah. But um, this is a song called Suburban, I think, or Suburbia, or something like that. Sprawl. So Urban Sprawl. There it is. Um, good song. So, anyway, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Um, we're talking a little real estate. We're talking a little retirement, kind of blending the two together. Nearly 46% of retired households spent more annually in their first two years of retirement than they did just before retiring. It's it's a funny world. And this, you know, one of the things I, I try to do, I, I know that I talk PG-13. I know that I, I kind of hint at, like, a little sexy sexy, right? I know I say things like, you know, some investments are like granny panties. Some investments are like thongs. The thongs are a lot riskier. Or you could say risque. And I'm just trying to make terms that you can talk to your children about terms that you can talk to your spouse about because if we're talking about price to book ratios if we're talking about uh, taking a look at the financial statements and taking a look at margin compression you're going to turn the channel you're going to be afraid of it and I don't want that um, one of the things I want to talk about is I don't want you to run out of running in retirement because you're going to be eating cat food and living in a trailer and that ain't cool now the trailer park may have a swimming pool and the grandchildren may come and love the swimming pool but your children are going to go, man, mom's living in a trailer park. That's pretty rough. Which, again, there's nothing wrong with trailer parks. If that's if that's what you're comfortable with, if that was your dream as a child, if you were like 14 years old and was like, I can't wait till I hit 65 years old. I'm going to live in a trailer park and have a golf cart. Maybe the golf cart isn't worth all that in a bucket of chicken, right? Maybe it is a winner winner chicken dinner for you. Maybe that's what your thought was. Maybe you've always wanted a golf cart. Not me. Um, so we were just talking about movies from the eighties and another one came to mind, the money pit with Shelley Long and Tom Hanks. And, um, I just saw the reunion of cheers. <laughs> Deborah Winger didn't age well. Shelley Long. <laughs> uh, someone asked her her age and she started stomping her huff. Like <laughs> not good. She's a little horsey face going on there. Um, but God, she was sexy and fun in, in Cheers all those years ago. But in The Money Pit, it was a movie about a young couple who bought a house and ended up throwing a lot of money into it again and again and again. And I remember the iconic scene was, I think, a bathtub crashed through the second floor into the first floor. Um, there was a beehive scene, which was really funny, where Tom Hanks is in the back of the picture. So I guess that's called the foreground. And uh, he's getting stung by bees while she's in the front talking to someone and oblivious to the fact that her husband's probably going to be dead, killed by bee stings, but it was funny. Um, anyhow, and anyway, um, that's, you know, one area to talk about. Fixing up an old house can be fun and rewarding. And like here, where I'm talking to parents right now. If I'm talking to like 45, 50-year-old people, um, tell your children when they buy a house, fixer-upper's fine. Um, I think it's a lot more fun than a brand new house, and I think it could be sexy painting. Can you imagine being 25 years old again with your spouse and painting a room and it's going to lead to glorious love and showering and cleaning up and you get to see the work that you put into the painting and it's incredibly rewarding. Um, you do it over you know a couple glasses of wine or beers and I think it's a, a fun night. It's a good way to start your real estate career. Um, you know in the Bay Area though it's, it's a little unique in the fact that uh, 
we don't have a lot of inventory. You can go to many parts. We'll just say Texas, and there's lots of inventory. And you're going to find a lot more of those fixer-uppers. Here in the Bay Area, we just ran into a client in Hayward yeah. that was buying a fixer-upper. The guy bought it for 389000 and selling it for six hundred twenty. He only put one hundred twenty grand into it. So there's some profit to be made in these. But the, the, the thing is, is that there's a, multiple people that are doing the same kind of strategy. So you're going to – a fixer-upper is not getting that same kind of discount. Um, so you may be paying a premium for a uh, you know house that needs that type of work, or you're going to pay uh, – a, a higher rate because you might get a private loan because the house can't get a loan on it. But there's a lot of cash investors. There's foreign investors that'll just pay thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy the house in cash. So you're you're against a very tough and tight market right now to look for those type of properties. What I was trying to get at is like um, you know you and I go back a long way and we've painted many rooms together from new homes and old homes and things like that. And it's always a good time because one of the things you do is you break out a boombox. Yep. A radio, a wireless speaker, as times change. Yep. Lay you some know. plastic down, throw some mud on the wall, and you're done. And, uh, right. Listen to fun. music. Have some beer. Exactly. It's very social. And I'm trying to get parents to like tell their kids, it's kind of cool to fix things up mm-hmm. and, and you know to learn you know how to patch a wall and to take a chance. It is expensive. So um, one of the things that I'm doing right now is I'm, I've been in my home six or seven years, and it's time to repaint the outside. Um, it's not really time to repaint the outside, but I want to do it before it is time to repaint the outside. Um, I saw my neighbor, you know, termites attack his house. Mm. One of the things paint does, it keeps termites away. It seals your wood. A lot of people are like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, and you know, that ain't cheap. For me, that's a, probably a four-day project, um, you know, to get the paint, to set everything up, to paint one side and ultimately say I'm too old and I ran into, my body hurts and I don't want to do this anymore and take a day off and ran into a a client that paints one side of his house every year. So every four years he gets his house painted. Okay. And that way he doesn't have to do it all at once. So it's a little bit of a time saver, a little bit of a kind of a strategy to keep himself busy every summer. But doesn't one spring. side look cleaner than the rest? Not if you do it every four years. You okay. you know, you're just putting a nice coat of paint on, I suppose. Okay. A little bit of new caulk and some, you know, some sanding or maybe some new wood. And I love caulking. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those little joys that people are just you, don't understand. You get are, the caulk gun are out. You, are you that guy that ends up with a huge ball of caulk on the end of each finger, and then next thing you know, all 10 of your fingers are covered in caulk? I wear two pairs of diesels, and then as they start to wear out, I turn them into my painting pants. And all my painting pants have, like, massive amounts of caulk smeared into them and paint so um yeah i get a lot of caulk everywhere <laughs> it's not it's not necessary i don't get why when you're using the caulking gun you put it down it still keeps coming out it still keeps coming. they got to figure out that that stop that mechanism somehow and I, I know some men out there right now are laughing at me they're driving their ford 350s and they want to come over and <laughs> beat me up and there are caulk guns that stop when you stop pulling the trigger okay so yeah, you don't have to that. worry about that okay what do you think about this concept of let's move on from fixer uppers fixer uppers are good. I think they're wonderful. I'd rather have a fixer upper when I'm in 2030 than I'm when I'm 50, 60. So it's a different process. Yes, it's just we get older. You, you just you run out of time. You're Painted, spending more, more money for other people to do it. Painting baseboards now. Oh, your knees getting on your, your knees. And, yeah, no fun. But um, here's a concept, and you probably see this a little bit of people who are buying homes, and you're, you already brought this up, and they're doing teardowns. Do you think that should be disclosed to the owner? before the house is bought, no. that I plan to do a teardown? Nope. No? Some people think that they should be. They shouldn't sell their house then. 
Okay. They can they, they can actually go to title and 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 say that um, what they don't want done on that house forever. So it comes with the title of the property if they really felt that way. Um, but no, I, I think that you know you buy a house, you 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 move on. I mean, or you sell a house, you move on, and, and the buyer can do whatever they want with it. It's it's an interesting concept because you're starting to bring ethics into business. Now, what does have control is the city. The city has control of what you can rebuild that property as. And in fact, we've run into a couple of appraisal issues where um, the if there, I can't remember the name of the clause, but it's called like a fire clause, where if the house burns down, is can the house be rebuilt the same way that it was before it was burnt down? And some some cities will say no because they it was an unpermitted part of the house or something like yeah. that. So these are some things you know. There's a lot of things people when they're buying a house that's a hundred years old that they need to look up. There's a lot of title companies. Well, let me give are, you an example of, of my neighborhood. Um, one door away from me, there's this beautiful oak house, oak tree. It's on the other side, so it's not on my side. So it's going into another neighbor's house. Um, the branches are in their backyard. So two doors away from me, the neighbor, they buy the house. They they approach the owner of the oak tree and says, your oak tree is kind of throwing a lot of rubbish in my yard and the branches could fall and kill my kids. I want you to take it out. And they've had seven people come and say that two people have said the tree's unsafe. It needs to come out. Five people have said it's safe. The city has said it's safe. These two people hate each other now. And had had neighbor number two who wants the oak tree gone, come to neighbor number one and knocked on the door and said, you know, um, I'd like to talk to you and let's see if we can figure this out. It would have been great. It would have been neighbor number one is pretty calm headed. But neighbor number two, he got someone to come out and say that the tree needs to come out before he went to neighbor number one and said, can we figure something out about this tree? So they hate each other. Neighbor number one basically says this oak tree was here for 50 plus years. It's been here since my kids have been here. Um, I don't want to take it out. It's one of the reasons I bought here. And neighbor number two is like, we don't care. We want it gone. So neighbor number one's pissed because neighbor number one bought the house with a lot of shade and wants a lot of shade. And neighbor number two doesn't. So they're angry with each other. And uh, it's unfortunate. Because I think you be, should step in as an arbitrator. I don't stuff. think I should in any way, shape, or form. I think I should gossip about them on radio. <laughs> so oh. see some, let's hear some numbers and addresses, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know I've gotten into trouble for telling people stories. I, 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 you need to tell that. Yeah. Anyhow, it, it, it's fair game. Anything you say to me can and will be used on radio. So, <laughs> You know a friend of mine whose dad died? Um, he had bought a house, he had refinanced it, refinanced, uh, he bought another house, refinanced it, bought another house, goes bankrupt, has a heart attack. Like, I'm sure she doesn't really want me telling that story all that much. So, anyway, it's all fair game. I'm Rob Black, you can find me at Rob Black Show, you can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. All these things that you say, like I forget about the mind-numbing games that you play. I am a gentleman, did not pay for every life, every time, every bit, every time. And then you feed me to 
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. One of the last concepts we brought up was when a house for sale is worth more as a buildable lot than as a small, outdated residence, expect the highest bidders to come from people who are going to want to tear them down. And buyers and their agents have no obligation, legal or ethical, to tell you that. But I can see how it could be pretty damaging for some. You know, um, I know a woman who owned a home with her husband. Her husband passed away, tragically. And the moment she sold the house, two weeks later she goes to visit it and it's been torn down. Um, The house that I bought was from a woman who had lived there with her husband for 40-plus years, raised a family. And I haven't done much to the outside, but to the inside, I've I've taken out some walls and such. And uh, that has to be kind of tragic. You know, we've had someone come knock on the door and, you know, say, Heck, can I see the house where my mother grew up? Can I see the kitchen? And then the kitchen wall's gone. There was a kitchen wall. The whole kitchen was boxed in when I bought it, which is fascinating. It, the, the kitchen had a door to the kitchen instead of opening up to the living room. Anyhow... Fun living in a home. Fun with the money that you have to put into it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A couple things to think about. If you ever buy a vacation home and like a winter vacation home, you got to start thinking about snow and ice. you got to start thinking about removal of that kind of stuff. Um, if home ownership is the first cornerstone of the American dream, you know, quiet cabin by the lake in the mountains as far as away from a hot spot with Wi-Fi, you know, possibly runs a pretty close second. Everyone wants to own a cabin. You know, the reward's lovely. A shelter for yourself somewhere quiet, warm hospitality that you offer your friends. But the downside is, is 12 weeks of the year it snows, and sometimes it can snow like crazy heck. Um, So you got to know that it's going to be a little bit different than owning the home that you live in uh, if you own a little vacation property, say, in Lake Tahoe. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, 32,000 or so vacation properties on both the California side and Nevada side of Lake Tahoe. 32,000 vacation rentals. So when you stop and think about, am I going to be able to make money as a uh, renting my property? You may not be able to. You're going to run into a lot of competition. A lot of those homes stay empty. Like if you go up on a a big ski weekend, um, you'll see like the, the... the roads, uh, the driveways that aren't plowed, there's a lot of empty residences up there that people would want to have filled. Um, and there's going to be another, you know, an increase of more than 50,000 when you start adding in markets like Reno and Sparks and other areas that are pretty close by. Uh, so there's a lot of rental places. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. How easy is it to get a, a, a mortgage on a rental property? Or should you just pretend like it's it's a property you're going to live in? Because that's kind of be careful about saying that. (laughs) I know, Um, but this is a show that's a little bit more honest than others. uh, One of the things that um, there's something called an occupancy affidavit that you sign, and it's basically saying what is your intent of uh, this property, uh, how you're going to use it. Yeah. So, and it usually goes for six months or a year. And it's all about the intent. So a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm going to buy this as a owner-occupied property. They move in. Maybe they fix it up while they're moving in, and then six months later they, they move out and they turn it into a rental. Um, in a lot of cases, that that can be fraud. Um, rarely, though, do we ever hear about a lender looking into that. Well, the one thing that you should be aware of is something called MERS. It's called the Mortgage Electronic Registration System. And it does monitor and it allows lenders to look at 
what you did on your last transaction. So if you're doing that repeatedly, it's kind of like how you putting red flags up on your taxes. You're eventually going to get caught, uh, and a lender will just decline that uh, transaction or the next transaction. But it, I don't think it's retroactive where the old lenders are going to come after you, unless you're using the same lender over and over. But um, it's not that terribly difficult to get a rental property as long as you follow the guidelines. Everything is what they call a qualified mortgage, so you have to qualify. You can use rents to qualify for that mortgage. So that's one of the rules that did open up over the last several years where you as a renter, if you qualify for what you have now and you have enough down payment for that new rental property to be cash flow positive after their adjustments to 75% of the rents and so on, um, and that house debt services, you can buy a property with – with just your down payment, okay, and no extra qualification. So, uh, and that's attractive to a lot of people who are renting. That's why we're seeing people here in the Bay Area that are renting and saving money, and saying, you know what, I can't buy a property for that I can live in here in the United in, in the Bay Area, but somewhere else in the United States, that same hundred thousand dollar down payment is almost half the property value in Raleigh, North Carolina, or Houston, Texas. You know, and that's, that's why not, that's not I know Texas that's not say anymore. Texas, but that's what people are thinking. They're going, these are the cheap houses. This is my down payment here is only 10 percent, but it's 50 percent somewhere else. And they're and they're getting into real estate. And I know you've talked a lot about REITs and, you know, is this an, a better alternative? And in some cases it is. It depends on whether or not they have a 401k or they're maxing it out. Why would they s- sacrifice putting money into their 401k and s- put money into real estate uh, and, and into one basket? So. Uh, you really have to look at the full picture before you look at a rental property and whether or not it makes sense, especially when it's outside the barrier. Right. And I think you have to have some experience with it that only time will give you. Um, for instance, like Raleigh, North Carolina, where I own a rental property, um, I quickly learn, quickly learned that there's no appreciation in the market. There's too much land. So I, I'm not going to turn $150,000 into 300000 Maybe in, in 30 years it won't happen. But will there be renters in it for the next 30 years? Damn right there will be. It's a great mm-hmm. rental market, not necessarily a great place to uh, get a lot of appreciation. So there's different markets. Yep. So uh, there's nothing but land out there. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. You can find Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He obviously does mortgages. If you haven't been able to figure that out, he's done my mortgages. He's someone I trust and he's someone I endorse. And if you can send him a loan... I'd appreciate that. I think that's always a good thing to do, a good way to support the show. Find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Find me at RobBlackShow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.